0: Happy Friday to you, and welcome to the Daily Hammer. My name is Sean Coleman here with the Talking Chop Podcast Network. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Friday. It finally is Friday, and if you're a fan of the NBA, hope whatever team you cheer for. They had a great night when it comes to the NBA draft. Thankfully, it was a great afternoon when it comes to Braves baseball, as the Braves were able to get a 6-3 win against the Mets, ending Uh, nine-game and eight-day road trip against the Phillies and the Mets, what we have called a season-defining road trip. Though it may not have gone as well as many of us had hoped, there were a few... Key things, small yet significant details in this game yesterday that I really think could be encouraging for the Braves moving forward as they first off go through the trade deadline, hopefully with the move or two to be made, but also with the hope of really putting the pressure on the Phillies and the Mets heading into August. You can find me at Stats SAC on Twitter. You can find the show at talking shop dot com. You could also find all the great content and podcasts at talking chop across social media. Here's the latest from Atlanta. So obviously we've talked about it. The Jekyll and Hyde performances of the Braves once again showing up on Wednesday night. But the thing about it was this was that after that loss on Wednesday night, which was very disappointing, especially with how the Braves squandered several good opportunities to get control of the game. The thing about it is, is that the Braves had a day game right after that disappointing loss, but they had a chance to at least get within four games. Nothing really changing from where they were eight days ago, but at the very least winning the game would have been worth a two-game swing in the standings and at least would allow them to have a 5-4 and four record through this nine-game stretch and still obviously be within striking distance of the Mets and Phillies. Well, the thing is, is that the offense once again struggled from the start. No runs in the first three innings, and as we've come to notice through this road trip, a big indication of whether or not this Braves team is going to have a chance to win is if he can score runs in the first three innings. But the thing is, is that Once again, Drew Smiley, despite in his last start, succumbing to a knee injury and only being able to get through four innings the last time that he was out against the Phillies, he was certainly on his game. The game remained scoreless until the bottom of the third inning with a fly ball. From Brandon Debo to Abraham Almonte was misplayed. Many left fielders would have obviously made the play ten out of ten times, and it was not—it was not called an error, but it certainly should have been. He gave the Mets a runner in scoring position, and Dominic Smith was able to drive him in to give the Mets a one-to-nothing lead. And it just kind of felt like that the Braves were going to find themselves in yet another game in which they got a really good pitching performance, but the offense was not able to support it. However. Austin Riley stepped to the plate in the top of the fourth inning. A two-run home run in, or that scored Ozzy Albies to give the Braves a 2-1 lead. And the great thing about baseball is that if you have a moment in which you make an error, a lot of times when, when you step to the plate in your next one or two plate appearances, you may have the chance to make up for it. And that's exactly what Abraham Almonte did when he connected with his fifth homer of the season to give the Braves a 3-1 lead in the top of the fourth inning. So though they didn't score any runs in the first three innings, they certainly made up for it in the top of the third, once again letting the long ball do the talking. A great job by Abraham Almonte taking advantage of an opportunity to make up for his mistake to give the Braves a 3-1 to lead. After that, in the top of the fifth, the Braves weren't done scoring. An RBI single by Ozzy Albies and then another RBI from Austin Riley as he hit a line drive in left field to give the Braves a 5-1 to lead. After that, though the Braves had done well when it came to their offense. In the bottom of the fifth inning, Smiley, as we've seen many times as he starts through the third time through the order, gave up a two-run home run to Pete Alonso, who the Braves had done a pretty good job of keeping silent through this five-game series against the Mets. Drew Smiley allowed a two-run homer to Alonzo, and the Mets were able to make it a 5-3 game. But in the top of the eighth, The Braves bullpen came in and did a great job in the top of the eighth. Dansby Swanson connected with his 18th home run and it allowed for the Braves to take a 6-3 lead, one in which this time they did not squander and they won the game 6-3. So what were those small yet significant developments that allowed for the Braves to win this game? Well, first off, it was another game in which the bullpen did quite well. The bullpen did an excellent job, four innings of shutout baseball, to support Drew Spiley right after he had run into some trouble in the fifth inning. And the other thing was, was the source of offense in this game. It was Austin Riley, and it was Dansby Swanson, who once again continue to produce well in the month of July. It's very likely that Dansby Swanson could be a top-ten shortstop in the majors in terms of f for the month of uh, July, and that Austin Riley could easily and likely will be a top-five-third baseman in the majors in terms of f in the month of July. That duo supporting Freddie Freeman and Ozzie Albies, Albies who currently is struggling, is such a wonderful development. It was going to be hard to expect Freddie Freeman to keep producing at the rate that he was to carry this team, but the development of Swanson and Austin Riley in the, uh, out of the fourth and fifth positions to support Albie's and Freddie Freeman is a wonderful development. While it can't be expected that both Riley and Swanson will continue this for the rest of the second half, if they can at least keep it, you know, up 60 to 70 percent of this production on a consistent basis, it'll be a great development that will allow for this offense to do exactly what it did in this game. I've talked about it multiple times on the Daily Hammer over the past two weeks. The Braves' offense, bullpen, and starting staff—they need to find a way to consistently all click together in the same game instead of being consistent. yesterday's game was an example of what could happen when they did that and the develop and the uh, play of Swanson and Austin Riley, as well as how good the bullpen was, certainly was a great development. It should give the Braves plenty of confidence going into this series against Milwaukee, while also giving Alex Anthopoulos plenty of confidence that a move or two should be made to boost this team up, that hopefully once they find their consistency, they also know they'll have some reinforcements to support their efforts to really make it a run at the division title. The Braves will come into tonight's weekend series with the Milwaukee Brewers, seven and seven since the All Star break. They went five and four over that nine game and eight day stretch. They've gotten past it. that. That that means something, right? That has value. They went five and four. Yes, a bit disappointing. It feels like that they should have gone, you know, maybe seven and two or even better. But at the end of the day, you go five and four, and, and you come out of it. In a positive light, correct? There's not any bad injuries. The bullpen is performing better. The starting staff has certainly remained consistent. And you now have some depth to your lineup that is consistently producing to support Freddie and Ozzy. So even though the Braves really did not take advantage of a golden opportunity to gain ground in the division, you certainly feel more confident about their ability to be consistent going into this series against the Brewers. That is, until you see who is going to be awaiting the Braves as the Milwaukee Brewers come to town. What I mean by that is, is that possibly one of the best 1-2 combinations, I don't mean possibly, let me take this back. One of the top five one-two starting pitching combinations in at least the National League will be coming to town to face the Braves in the form of Corbin Burns and Brandon. Brandon Woodruff. In game one, you have Corbin Burns versus Tuki Toussaint. Obviously, Tusat has been absolutely phenomenal, but Corbin Burns is right there, right up there with anyone, really, especially with Jacob deGrom having had multiple bouts with injuries this year. Burns is right up there with anyone when it comes to the NL Cy Young discussion. So you have to feel that the odds will certainly be in the Brewers' favor in game one. In game two, you have Brandon Woodruff versus Kyle Muller. Again. Kyle Weller, who's been quite impressive for the Braves, but again, going against another pitcher who likely could finish in the top ten of the Cy Young race. Again, I'll even go as far as say this Brewers combination of Woodruff and Burns is one of the top one-two combination in the Majors, and is a big reason why the Brewers are going to are, are starting to pull away from the rest of the NL Central. Obviously, though, on Sunday, the Braves have to feel at least a little bit better about their chances. With Charlie Morton, who the Braves are 10-3 in the last 13 starts he's made, he'll be going up against... Brett Anderson. Now, the thing is, is that this Brewers team may not have, though they've made a few moves. Uh, you know, as the trade deadline nears, they may not have the offensive upside that the Braves do, even without some of the players the Braves have lost this season. But you have to feel going into this series, if the Braves can, if the Braves do better than just one win, like you have to feel they win Sunday. But the Bra- if the Braves get two wins out of this series, that has to be a huge boost, especially once you get past this series against the Brewers and you start to see the schedule lighten up just a bit when it comes to who is on the Braves schedule in early to mid-August with the hopeful returns of Travis Darno, Waskar Yanoa, and any potential trades that are made between now when we're recording uh, on, on Thursday night and the trade deadline, which obviously comes up at 4 Eastern tomorrow. So certainly a task at hand for this Braves team. Perhaps they can steal one of the victories against Woodruff or Burns and then feel confident going into the game Sunday against Brad Anderson with Charlie Morton on the mound. But beyond what's on the field, it's certainly going to be a special weekend off of it as the Braves will honor the life, legacy, and memory of the absolutely iconic, the legend, Hank Aaron. Who obviously played for the Braves his entire career, arguably, in my opinion, the best baseball player that has ever played the game. Hey Garrett will be honored this weekend. A lot of great things going on to support charities and great causes. The Braves will wear their 1974 uniforms and it'll then be those uniforms will be auctioned off for proceeds. Make sure to tune in to Talking Chop as well as the Braves across all of social media to keep up with all the great events that are going on. But of course, also tomorrow is a very, very exciting day when it comes to the Braves. Yes, big moves have already been made. The Braves still, are besides Jock Peterson and Stephen Volk, they still now have plenty of reason to make a move or two to make something make sense. Could they potentially talk with the Tigers, who they've dealt with before, about maybe going after Robbie Grossman, who's an outfielder who certainly could help their current situation? And a reliever. Whatever the Braves do, in my personal opinion, my hope is is that they do something to the level that they did with Chuck Peterson, gain an asset either it being in the lineup or the bullpen, perhaps. Gain an asset that you can control beyond this year. Make a move to help you now and let whatever may happen happen, but make a move for the future as well for you to have as good a roster as possible when you have most to to all of the talent back that you've lost this year and you're at a better chance, in my opinion, of truly competing for a pitted and hopefully a World Series appearance. It's going to be a great weekend. The Braves are, are, are playing at least decently well coming off this game on Thursday night. Hey Karen weekend with all the great festivities going on honoring the legend that is Hey Karen and of course the trade deadline. See it if the Braves have a move or two that really could improve the fortunes of this team. Again, you can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Make sure you follow Talking Chop across all levels of social media and don't forget to check out all the great content at TalkingChop.com including the Talking Chop Podcast Network, the Talking Chop Podcast, which obviously will have a breakdown of any moves that happen at the trade deadline with Brad Rowland and Scott Coleman as well as the Road to Atlanta Podcast. They'll break down what it means if any prospects come to the Braves or leave in trades with Er Eric Cole Matt Powers, and Garrett Spade, among others. My name is Sean Coleman. Thanks so much for joining us on this edition of The Daily Hammer. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals,